0: Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. Listen guys, I've been thinking about this. We just came out of a, a really powerful time in the presence of God, and a couple of weeks ago I was sharing with you about putting God first, seeking God's kingdom. Uh, making sure that my priorities are in place. And some of the things we talked about were last week, we talked about overcoming the worry factor. And I mean, really, you know, the times we're living in, you know, we're not seeing anything really, um, you know, su- supernaturally overnight getting better. You know, you're going to have to realize that we're going to have to work, we're going to have to walk through worry. You know, worry is worthless and you're going to have to walk through it. Worry is. Um, never really going to leave. You're going to have to learn how to overcome it. So I've given you some powerful tools. But a couple weeks ago, I was sharing on the principles of first. I really like that. God wants the first of everything all throughout the Bible. He wants the 10th of your finances. He wants the first of your gifts. He wants the first of your time. I heard a preacher one time say this. He said, um, you got to give God 10% of your life first. Meaning like, God wants the first hour of your day. God, you know, meaning like the first principle, you know what I mean? And and a lot of guys teach this. It's like the first of your day, the first of your time, the first of your attention. God wants everything. He doesn't even want a gift that's the second best. He wants the first best. You remember, they would bring God a lamb or they would bring God an offering. He didn't want the one that was it. He wanted the perfect one. He wanted the firstborn. He wanted the blessing, see? So God's into like you giving him attention, so we started looking at overcoming worry, and I talked to you about the principle of first. Some of you are going to remember this. Remember I said, he said, hey, can you get there in your, in, in your first? F-I-R-S-T. We gave you a breakdown of what that means. Are you going to God first when trouble arises? Are you going to God first when situations show up? So I want to talk to you again about this, because I kind of pushed through it on a Sunday morning, kind of fast. And it kind of caught me just the other day. I was like, man, you know what? I need to go back over to slowly and let them really solidify these points in their life so they could see and know. So let's get in this. Philippians chapter four, it says this in verse five in the Message Bible. And I really like how the message reads. And I want you to just pull this in. In Philippians four and five, he really overexpounds the the understanding of what is taking place here. It says, um, and four, six really is easier to start. It says, don't fret or worry. You could even start with five if you got five. Make it as clear as you can all, 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 to all you meet that you're on their side. He's saying, hey, whenever you come around somebody, let them know that you're on their side. Working with them and not against them. It's like, be, be a person that when you come into contact with other people, they know you're for them. But a lot of people are not for people. Man, I'm telling you, it's really almost sad, you know? Today, just, you know, it's funny. I just went today to the grocery store. And you can tell, man, this guy started almost crying. He had tears in his eyes. It was really wild. I was just talking to him. He said, you know, You've know, seen the shirt? And I was like talking to him. And we started talking about God. And he said, I'm a miracle. He said, 38 years ago, God healed my body. He goes, I was crippled almost by, um, by uh, sickness. And he said, God healed me. And I knew he didn't know all the terminology. But man, I knew, man, I'm not kidding. He welled up with tears in his eyes. He was so grateful for what God did. Make it as clear as you can. To everybody you meet, you're on their side. I man, I was like, I was cheering the guy on. I was like, man, that is awesome. God is so good. God, is, man, you're you're a champion. You know, build them up. Help them see that our Master is about ready to return. What's that mean? It means get encouraging people to come to church. How many times do I got to tell you guys I love you? But come on, help them see that the Master is about to arrive. He could show up any minute. This is why it's so important. Don't wait for tomorrow to call your friends, your family, your buddy next door, the guy down the block. Invite them to church. Get them in the building, man. Let them have an experience with God. Look what it says. Don't fret, verse 6, don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray, right? Let your petitions and praises shape your worries into prayers. So that means you take your worry and you put it in a prayer. Take your worry and you put it in a praise. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good will come and settle you down. It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. That means he takes it away, right? But have you been turning your worries into prayers? Have you been turning your worries into praises? Well, how do I turn my worries into praises, you might ask? Well, you thank God for what the word says about the thing you're worrying about. So if you've got financial stress right now, you just go, thank you, God, you meet all my needs according to your riches and glory. If you've got marital problems right now, you go, Father, I may be a marital problem right here, but thank you, Father, for what God has put together Let no man put us under. We have harmony in our house. We have a strife-free life. You know, just add your little thing. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Just get to the Word. Because look what it says in Matthew 6.33. Matthew 6.33 really starts letting us to understand that these kingdom principles are so important. Remember, we were talking about this He tells us all the time, above everything else, man. Passion reads so clear. It says, so above all, constantly chased after the realm of God's kingdom. That's how God does things, right? And his righteousness that proceeds from him and all these less important things will be given to you abundantly. But look at verse 34. Refuse to worry about tomorrow. Why? But deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time, tomorrow will take care of itself. Ain't that good news? Praise the Lord, man. He's saying, man, you can't do nothing about tomorrow, right? Well, here's the thing I want to ask you. You know a lot of people um, are living an unfulfilled life. Um, they're, they're, you know, they, 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 you know, they're just not living the next level life that they want to live. Maybe you are. Maybe you know somebody. Maybe somebody goes to work. and like, oh, you know, my life's just not working out. Right? I talk to people all the time who will actually say, um, I got everything I'm supposed to have, but I just don't feel fulfilled. Or I got stuff going in the right direction, but I don't feel fulfilled. Or I got, you know, I got a great family. I've got a great job. I got great kids. I got great things. I got great this. I got great that. But why am I? What are the pieces I'm missing? Okay? So you gotta understand something. We've all been made more than we think we've been made. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you know, I'm just living a, you know, like, no, no, no. You've been made more than just survival. You've been made more for just enough. You've been ready to be in fulfilled life at another level. You gotta understand God's kingdom's getting ready to explode in your life at a greater. So, how do I live a life more fulfilled? What do I got to do to get there? You know what I mean? How do I get to the next level thinking of this seeking first? What does it mean to put God first in your life? What does it mean to live a first level of life? What does it mean to live the life more abundantly? What does it mean to live overflow? super and naturally exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. How do we do? What does it mean? Well, how do I put first things first? How do I know God's first? Now, I I talked about this a couple Sundays ago, and like I said, we were walking out the door, and I really felt like this was important. So we gave you the acronym of FIRST, F-I-R-S-T, right? And we said, well, how do I know God's FIRST? Well, number one, we know God's FIRST in areas of our life that they become a, uh, a system of checkups that we have to do on the daily, and I think how we know God is FIRST, we do this, okay? How do I know God's FIRST? In my life, well, I check in certain areas, and then there's probably a 100 areas, okay? But these are one of some of the areas that we looked at, we saw, that said, hey, if I'm looking at this area here, I could probably change my life this way. The number one area with the acronym, right? We got F-I-R-S-D, was what? Is God first in my finances? And I know what you're saying. Oh, preacher, you know, the preacher's gonna ask for the money, here we go. No, no, no. Is God first in your finances? If you want God to bless you financially, even during every difficult season of life, you gotta be a tither. There's no other way around it, okay? Now, this is, this is big, because I wanna give you some of these, okay? So in Proverbs 3 and 4, okay? Now, I put this in the Living Bible, so it's a little bit different. So take your time, find it in the Living Bible if we got that up there. But uh, I want you to look at this, because I think this is kind of big, and if we got something close to it, it's fine. But I, I really read this and I like this in this translation. Um, it says, if you want favor with both God and man, you're going to have to get yourself here, okay? We're going to figure this out, okay? You cannot get so um, caught up that you miss the, the understanding that God's principles don't change just because our system of life changes doesn't mean his system changes. So he's not going to change what he does to make sure we're accommodated. We have to accommodate our life to make sure we fulfill what God has asked us to fulfill, and then guess what God does? Then He moves supernaturally. I'm telling you, He will, and that's fine. If you got, if we got it in like uh, passion, put it in the passion. I can read that. You know, what I mean, I just, I just had uh, uh, looked at this, and when I seen Proverbs three and four, um, it really, really, it reads really good there too. It's all about trust. You're going to have to trust God in these arenas. But why does God ask you? Uh, about this favor factor because he wants you to understand that he is the source of everything. And once God goes first in finances, then guess what? He knows he's got your heart. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And that's what Proverbs 3 and 4 says. Even in the passion, look what it says. It says, that's how you will find favor and understanding with God and man. And you will gain a reputation of living a what? A life well. Trust in the Lord. Now watch this. Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely upon your own opinions. With all your heart rely on him to guide you and he will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with him and whatever you do and he will lead you wherever you go, right? Now watch this, here we go. Don't think for a moment that you know it all. For wisdom comes when you adore him with undivided devotion to avoid everything that's wrong. Then you will find... The healing, refreshment, your body and your spirit long for. Now watch nine, because here's nine. Glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, with every increase that comes to you. Did you get that? That's the big one. Okay. In the in Proverbs 3 and 9, And let me just read you the Living Bible because it says the same thing, but it just reads a little clearer. Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income. Now just absorb that. Hear me? Don't worry. Because it says glorify God with all your wealth. The Passion says that. But the Living Bible says says Honor the Lord by giving him what? The first of all your income. That's it right there. Man, God is going to bless you, okay? He, you're, so this is big that's a big one somebody says well you know I don't want you know my finances you know what I mean what's that got to do with God and it isn't a big deal God knows where your heart is your treasure is and where your treasure is your heart is Woo! come on somebody ain't that good so now you know so ask yourself so now here's the checkup from the neck up you gotta go hey is God first in my finances so that's like this right so a couple of weeks ago you know I, I thank God, you know, God, I mean, I, all I can tell you is my life. I, I, I don't, I'm not like sitting here being braggy or being weird or, you know, being goofy. But, you know, I, how can I speak for you? I don't know you like this, you know, but I know what happens to me. So I got, I got some, I like to call it like seed money. You know, somebody seeded some money into my life. You know what I mean? And I mean, you know, that's always a blessing, right? And I was like, first thing it hit my hand, I was like, I'm giving this all away. Because I know I'm harvest minded. I don't want to eat any of it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Then there's times I eat a little bit of it and sow some of it. But the first moment money hits my hand or increase hits my hand or overflow hits my hand or something hits my hand, you know what I think of? What does God want me to do with the kingdom? Does that make sense? Does that make So I've trained myself that when it comes into my hand, I, I check with God, like, hey, how much of this am my eating? You call it eating your seed. That's what I'm keeping. And how much of this is my sowing? and then other times I'll just be living life and it doesn't come in my hand. And I'll just be like, hey, PL, we gotta sow some more seed, man. I'm feeling the unction to sow. I just went through that not too long ago. I said, I know we gotta sow. We just partnered as a ministry. You know what I'm saying? I just told her, I said, the ministry needs to be partnering with people and we need to send the seed out to go. Partnership is very, very important to me, right? Who we're connected to, what we're giving to. Why? Because it brings increase in your life. When you start thinking like that, you're not just thinking, oh, I got it. Let me go spend it. Oh, I got it. Let me go do this. You're putting the kingdom of heaven first in what your decision making. That is what God is saying. So if you're seeking first the kingdom, then you got a kingdom mindset when money shows up. If you're thinking first the kingdom, you're thinking, what do I do to better the kingdom? This is big. Big, 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 big. You guys got it? Praise the Lord. So that's F. How about this? And what? I, interest. What are my interests? Have I put God first in my interest? So your interests are your, 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 your career, your recreational life, the things you like to do, your hobbies. Give God first consideration in What? Every decision, every decision. So here's a big one. Look at Numbers 3210 message. Woo, look at this. Big. So now ask yourself this. Is God first place in my career? Wow. Is God first place in my recreation? You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing? What am I interested in? You remember this? This is a big one, let me read this, and then when I read this to you, I'll tell you what Jesus was telling Peter, right? And God got angry, oh, did he get angry, he swore. <laughs> oh my God, God swore, not like cursing, he swore to ain't entering the promised land. Numbers 32, 10 message, and God got angry, oh, did he get angry, he swore. Well, he didn't say a cuss, he just said, you never get into the promised land. They'll never get to see it. None of those who came up out of Egypt who are 20 years and older will ever get to see the land that I promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They weren't interested in following me. Their hearts weren't in it. They weren't interested in following me. Their hearts weren't in it. Have you ever been there? You're not interested in what God's interested in? Peter... When Jesus looked at Peter and turned his back on him and said, get behind me, Satan, the word savorist means you're not interested in what I'm interested in. It actually says in the King James, thou savorist, not the things of God. And I looked it up one time. I said, what does savorist mean? That's a weird word. It says you're not interested in what I'm interested in. So Jesus rebuked Peter when Peter rebuked him for explaining what he had to go through because he said, you're not interested in what I'm interested in. So here's my question. Are you interested in what God's interested in? Well, yeah, I am. Why do not you be interested? If you say, and I rebuke myself here, I'm gonna be totally transparent with you. You know what God's number one interest is? Souls. You're going to heaven. God's number one interest is that the precious fruit of the earth be harvested before he comes back. So if you say you're interested in what God's interested in, your number one thing would be soul winning. Yeah, are you, no, no, seriously, I, oh, well, am I, what do you, Pastor Chris, I thought you said my career and my recreation. Yeah, are you interested in what God's interested in? Are you interested, now, if you're interested in what God's interested in, God's interested in souls. God's interested in building the church. God's interested in the kingdom of heaven. God's interested in developing the heavens on the earth. God's interested in the things in the words of God. You see this? Now, when we get up, right, my career, you gotta have a career. I want you to have a career, but I don't want your career to come before God. Oh, I I got, you know, I'm an athlete. Well, that's great, but does your athleticism come before God? I'm telling you, man, I'm I'm, I'm not trying to be hard. I've been, rubber meets the road sometimes. Is, 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 is your, your, are your hobbies? I had people, not, I ain't here no more, but I had people that were like, well, you know, we got to go do all this stuff. And I was like, that's great. But here's the deal. If it's going to take you away from spirituality, how in the heaven is God in some of this stuff? I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm, look, peace out. Don't, don't shoot the messenger. But I'm just saying like, you know, if, if you're following God and now you have to give up, uh, like I, I, here's a good one, right? I understand some of you, some of you got, a, a, maybe you got a job. You know, and I had a guy one time, he's like, I got to work. I was like, all right, believe God to give you time off. And they did. They gave him, they switched the schedule. You know, I was like, tell him you work every Saturday if they give you Sunday. And it works out. But here's what I'm trying to say. I could see a season it is. But man, are your hobbies, yeah, man, I said people, well, you know, you got to go do this. And your hobby is going to take you away from the things of God. Get rid of your hobby. Get a new one. You know what I'm saying? I'm just telling you, man, if you're interested about what God's interested in, next keep going career i got people moving across the country for a job i don't have a problem with that but where are you going spiritually did you do it spiritually did you do it backwards was it about that hey get interested in what god's interested in and then your interests are going to change and then you're going to know you're putting god first i'm just telling you i'm just talking i ain't i'm not trying to i'm not knocking nobody i'm not i had a buddies you know they were like hey i want to go do this i was like look i can't do it why not well, I got to do what I got to do with God. I was in Bible school, and my buddies all wanted to go do this and go do that. I was like, bro, with the schedule I got, I cannot start recreational activity and fulfill what I'm supposed to be doing in these two years of school. We didn't have a TV. I'm just telling you what happened. You could think we're crazy. But when we, moved, when we went to Bible school, we didn't have a TV. I didn't take a TV. Nobody brought a TV. I didn't have a TV for two years. I think we got one like the last year, like the back end, somebody gave us one. I don't know. I know for sure we didn't have no cable. You know what I'm saying? Well, you're crazy. No, we were just running after God. I didn't have time to get preoccupied with stuff. I remember we went to go watch the Super Bowl. We had to go to like a pizza shop, you know, because we didn't have a TV. Well, it was we didn't get preoccupied and interested with other things. I was on a mission. I'm not saying you got to live your life like that, but where is the sacrifice to get interested in what God's interested in? If the if the softball team is going to take me out of church on Sunday, I don't need to play, bro sorry, don't. I don't know what. I'm not being a guy. You do what you want to do. I got a job, and the job's making me move to the middle of nowhere. Wait a minute. Slow down, bro. What are you doing for your spiritual life and your family's spiritual life going to, you know, the other side of the backside of Egypt, and you're not going to be, where are you going to church? Man, I've had people move out of here, and they were moving. I said, you better have a good church before you get there. I'll tell you right here now, I would not take a job in a place that I could not find a good church. I'm serious. You think I'm kidding? I'm not playing. Boom. R, relationships. F-I-R is God first place in my relationships. Put them first in your family. Put them first in your marriage. Put them first in your friendships. Woo, man, oh man, oh man. I like this. Message Bible. 1 John 4, 7. You're going to like this. You're going to like this. I'm telling you, message says this. 1 John 4, 7. You know, this is all about love. It says, my beloved friends, let us continue to love each other since love comes from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. Man, my relationship with God is based on love. So if I put love first in my family, the person, look at this verse 8. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God because God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. Ooh, this is how you got it. He showered his love upon us. But is God first in my relationship with my family? Now that's a big one. And I was going to say this and some of the the people are going to get mad, but order in your home is so important, you know? And that's what I'm saying. And like, Some, some, like I was looking at this the other day, and I I don't want you getting mad, but you know, some of you ladies and some of you men are out of line. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. Because the thing is this you're not, you don't have God's order in your home. And a lot, like, and a lot of this stuff is, I'm going to meddle here for a minute because I don't really care because I'm on a video and you might not like it, but you ain't going to tell me about it. But if we were face to face, you might get a little ornery. But, you know what? You got to get order in there. Guys, you got to start acting like the man of God God called you to be. And, and ladies, you got to take your position that God gave you. You know what I'm saying? And you got to take your spot. And, and, and this is the big one. And I want you to go look at this. We're going to read this in the King James, and this is going to mess some of you up. It says uh, in Ephesians five twenty five twenty two, King James is fine. Okay. It talks about submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. Right? Now, I'm going to say something here, you know. Now, this is order. Now, somebody ain't going to like it because this liberal nonsense has tried to creep into church and this uh, uh, feminism has tried to come right behind it and this goofiness from the man mindset is messed up. And I'm going to just give you God's order. Ephesians 5.22. Some of the ladies, wives, now it says, verse 21 says, submitting yourself one to another in the fear of God. If God is first in my relationship with my family, I'm going to talk about it. My family, my marriage, my friends. Okay? So now, let's just, we can't be here all day, but I want to show you something. Wives, submit yourself unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Now, what the ladies all want is, you love me like Jesus loved the church. But I'm going to say something here, and you probably never heard this before, but it's true. The wife's posture is the first position, not the man. Now, you might not like it, but it's true for the husband is the head of the wife, okay? Even as Christ is the head of the church, he is what? The savior of the body. Now, just because the husband is the head of the wife doesn't mean his positioning is gonna be proper right away. Now, let me explain that. As you become submissive, now, submissive doesn't mean you get pushed around and get called name. that is nonsense. But your submissive stature and posture gives him the availability to actually love you like Jesus loved the church, I'm telling you, man. Well, if He loves me like I, like Jesus loved the church, I would submit. Wrong, wrong answer. I'm just telling you what it is. The order is God, man, women, children. Okay, no, nobody's nobody's looking at anybody less than more than, but it's order. So, if you come, why submit yourself unto your husband as unto the Lord? I was in this thing, some nonsense. Oh my God, there's so much nonsense in the body of Christ. It's foolishness gone rabid. It says, as unto the Lord. This didn't just slip away in Genesis, genius. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you. What do you mean? That's not part of the fall, that's part of the kingdom. Now, nobody want to talk about this. Nobody wants to hear this. So I'm meddling a little bit, but I don't really care. Whenever I'm not meddled, right? So what do you mean? Now, guys, you act like a fool. She ain't gonna listen to you, but she still has to posture right. Otherwise, the whole thing gets out of whack. So what happens is, as unto the Lord, meaning that your submission as unto Him is as unto the Lord. Gotcha. That's the light. that's your spot. Now, whether he's a goober or that's why when I came, when you come to me with him and I go. Chill out. Go slow. Don't get married right away. Make sure he's the right guy. Y'all geniuses are, I'm in love. Oh, I'm in love. Oh, I'm burning with love. Yeah, now you got to submit to the, 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 the spud instead of the stud. Come on. You know what I mean? You thought you, were getting, you thought you were getting a hero. Ooh, come on, somebody. I'm not belittling. But let me tell you something. Now, a lot of you ladies, I'm going to tell you nothing to do. Your your verbiage is demasculating to a man and your posture isn't right because your communication with him needs to be respectful in every place and every season of life. I'm telling you, man, I see a ton of ladies walk around disrespectfully around around men and do not realize their role and responsibility. I've never met a woman in my life understands her role and responsibility given by God. I said it. Now, guys, here's the deal. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband in everything. Okay? That's that's a lot of lady stuff. That's why, ladies, I'm telling you, man, you better get some great leadership around you. Husbands, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church, that he might sanctify it. Now before we even get into the kids, guys, you got to love. It. Now men, you have to be self-sacrificing every minute of every day, constantly committed to sacrificing. Stop being a baby, Stop being selfish. Stop being as the world returns around me. Stop being like, well, oh, you know what you did? You got to grow up, man. When I became a man, men, you were childish and immature until the word of God has taught you something. It is by nature, we're a bunch of babies. Now, ladies, don't tell him he's a baby because it ain't going to do you no good. Get him around men that can make him a greater man. That's how it works. You cannot. Like I got these young guys, like Grant is here and some of these young guys, Luca, I'm trying. Hey, stop that. You got a man up. That's not, don't cry. That's not be, no. You have role and responsibility to be a man. And when you're going to be a man, you don't get your, oh, they didn't do this for me. No, you got to be the one that self-sacrifices for your wife. Why you think Jesus said, lay down your life? Because you're going to sacrifice, man. Jesus said, as an example, as I love the church. He got crucified for the church. Understand the moral of the story. That doesn't mean you get crucified. That means you subject yourself to what? Constantly giving, even when it doesn't look like they deserve it. That's a big one. Okay, I'm seeking first the kingdom. Are you really now? And then it gets in friends. Look, bro, if you can't roll with, I can't tell my friends I go to church. You're a ding dong. Get new friends. My friends don't want me to go to church. My friends don't want to go to church. I don't have any friends outside of church. How in the world is light and darkness going to mix? I got buddies, but I don't hang out with them because you can't do it. Come on, right? That was a good one, wasn't it? How about this one? Schedule, right? S, schedule. Give him the first part of every day, right? If you want to give a if you want to get a great relationship with God, right? You have to slow down and be quiet. Give him some time. Give God the first part of every day. Get up, sit on the edge of the bed in the morning, and say, God, if I don't get anything else done today, I just want to love you a little bit more and what know you a little bit better. Woo, come on, ain't that good? God, I just want to know you a little bit more, get to know you a little bit better. Friendship with God is like any other friendship. You have to make time for it. If you don't make time for human friends, you're not going to be friends. If you make time for friends, you're going to be friends. And if God is going to be your best friend, you got to give your best time to him. Woo, ain't that good. Check this out. You want to see something cool? Check this out. Psalm 25. So look at this one. Psalm 25, 14. I like this one. Amen. I Psalm 25, 14. Okay? And now we can read it in Passion too because it reads a little sweet, sweeter. Amen? I, I should have told you that before. There's a... Ooh, come on, somebody. I feel the Holy Spirit. There's a... Come on. There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God. Ooh, come on. You see it? Where they sit near Him... And receive the revelation secrets of his promises. Hey! Did you get that? There's a private place reserved for the lovers of God. Where they sit near him and receive the revelation secret of his promises. How many of you been there, right? You receiving revelation secrets? Woo, come on somebody. Ain't that a good one? And how about this? Well, that's, your schedule is, you know you know, I was bad at that. Like, not scheduling time with God, but I, man, I I would get, man, when I get out of schedule, I'm a scheduled guy. I like routine. Man, if I got a plan and my schedule gets goofed up, I do not do well. I didn't used to do well because I start complaining, you know? You been like that? Like, you got a plan to do something. Like, I got this planned out, and then other things would come in and mess up my plan. Oh, my God. I was getting angry and hangry and wrangly and wrongly and messed up, man. I should have just shut up and my mouth was getting on it. And I was like, well, man, blah, 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 I started complaining because my schedule. Then I started looking like, hey, you know what? Get God, get with God, stay with God, stay openly communicated with God and don't worry about your schedule adjustments for God. Just roll with it. And the last but not least is this one, trouble. Remember we said this, we said F-I-R-S-T, Right? relationships and troubles. What do you mean? You need to turn to God first when you have a problem. Prayer should never be the last resort of life. It should be my first choice. Because guess what? Troubles are a coming. Amen? They're going to come. You can even look at this. You can go down just a little bit. Um, uh, you, can, you can read right where we are. If you want to stay right there. Psalm twenty-five fourteen. Man, just stay right there. You can just stay right there, and we're going to read a little bit more. We're going to read 15, 16, 17, 18. Rescue me, for you're my only hero. (sighs) Sorrows fill my heart as I feel helpless, mistreated. I am all alone and in misery. Come closer to me now, Lord. I need your mercy. Turn to me, for my problems seem to be going from bad to worse. Only you can free me from all these troubles. Watch 18. Until you lift this burden, the burden of all my sins, my troubles, and my trials will be more than I can handle. Can't you feel my pain? Yeah, he does. Don't worry. Give it to God. Stop worrying. Remember, we read that in the passage? He said, What? Turn your cares into prayers. Turn your worries into praises. Turn your problems into praises. Turn your prayers and these petitions and get this thing going. And change. Don't worry, right? Because guess what? We're going to go through some difficult stuff. We're going to go through some hard stuff. We're going to go through some broken stuff. We're going to go through some stuff. Isn't going to be easy, but God's going to be faithful. God can change anything and turn it around, right? Now here's the here's, Don't let worry paralyze you. Don't let fear paralyze you. You're going to stand? Oh my God. Can we read this last one? This one. This one's good. Look at Psalms. This is so good. Psalm 62. Oh my God in heaven. Psalm 62, right? In, In the Passion, Psalm 62 1. I want to read the first five verses and then I'm going to let you go. Because you don't want to let fear rob you of your heavenly Father. Don't let it happen, man. Don't let nothing get in your way. Don't lose your father's heavenly identity and don't lose the fatherly commitment of God because you're going through stuff. Don't let work in the way. Be a seeker of heaven, right? Seeker, right? Heaven first. What? Finances. interest? Come on. You got to think about this. Am I interested in what God's interested in? Well, I don't know. Relationships. Am I got my relationships to God first? How about that one, Right? What else you got to think about? Schedule. Is my schedule dialed in with God? Am I, is God on my schedule or am I on God's schedule? Ho! That'll preach. And in trouble. If I allow trouble never to overcome me. Look at this. I stand silently to listen to the one I love. Waiting as long as it takes for the Lord to rescue me. For God alone has become my Savior. He alone is my safe place. His wrap around presence always protects me, for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So, why would I let worry paralyze me, even when troubles multiply around me? But look at these who wanted me dead, shouting their vicious threats at me. The moment they discovered my weakness, they all began plotting to take me down. Doesn't that sound like people? Liars, hypocrites, with nothing good to say. All of their energies are spent on moving me from this exalted place. But you know what I did? I am standing in absolute stillness, silent before the one I love, waiting as long as it takes for him to rescue me. Only God is my Savior, and He will not fail me. Come on, somebody. He alone is my safe place. His wraparound presence always protects me like a champion defender. There's no risk of failure with my God. So why would I let worry paralyze me? Even when troubles are multiplying upon me, it's no big deal. You want to know why? Because God's glory is all around me. His wraparound presence. He's telling him what? All of your troubles will pour out your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you he will help you. God's glory is wraparound presence. What do we know? For the Lord is my savior. He's my hero. You see it? Join in me, everyone. What am I supposed to do? Verse eight, I went all the way ahead. Trust only in God every moment. Tell him all your troubles. Pour out all your heart longings to him. Believe me when I tell you, he will help you. You got to read verse eight one more time and then we're done. What? Join in me, everyone. Trust only in God every moment. Tell him your troubles. Pour out your heart longings to him. God, believe me when I tell you, he will help you. Come on, somebody. It don't get no better than that. God before me. Nobody in the world could be against me. He's gonna help you. He's going to take you. He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to give you victory. But remember this, first, is He first? How do I know God's first? Is He first in my finances? Is He first in my interests? Is He first in my relationships? Is He first in my schedule? And is He the first person I come running to when trouble arises? These are the questions to ask yourself. Is God first? Yes, He is. Why? And if He's not, make those adjustments to change your life and see your future transform. Amen? Praise the Lord. How many excited? I'm pumped. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for these guys. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for leading them and guiding them and helping them and being there for them. I know, Lord, you're going to take them to another level. Let them think of you first, put you first, leave you first, and walk in the first principles of the Word of God, knowing this, that if you be with them, they cannot fail. Father, I thank you for blessing them and keeping them, leading them and guiding them and being there for them in each and every moment of their life. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said... Amen. Praise the Lord, guys. I love you. Can't wait to see you Sunday morning, 9 and 1030, right here at Relevant Church. Invite somebody. Bring somebody. Get interested in what God's interested in, its souls. Go win some souls for Christ and share the love of God each and every place you go. I love you, and God loves you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See you soon. See you Sunday. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.